Hello and welcome to a bonus, very special bonus episode of That's So Random, a Random Movie Podcast. I'm Heath Lambert. I'm joined, as I often am, by Chris Lambert. Hello. When we, we did an episode a couple weeks ago on a special little movie called Be My Cat, colon, a film for Anne. And we had so many questions, so many questions. So who else to turn to for the answers to those questions than the man who wrote, directed, and starred in that movie. I hope I'm saying this right. I should have asked beforehand. Is it Adrian Tufe? It's it's Tufe, actually. It's uh, Tufe. Uh, that, that, that letter, that letter, it's a Romanian letter. It's kind of pronounced somewhere between T and S. So if you pronounce quickly T and S together, Tufe, that's exactly the way you, <laughs> you pronounce my name. Okay. So, first off, thank you very much for doing this. Um, yeah, of course. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, and thank you for talking about my movie in the first place on your on your podcast. It was nice. Uh, <laughs> from time to time, I do search because I'm curious. You never know when some interesting podcast or review might pop up. So from time to time, I search for my movie on Twitter. You know, my movie's title. You know, and I I had all types of uh, cool surprises. You know. <laughs> well, and it's one of those movies where because my movies are chosen completely at random, I don't pick i press a button and from everything streaming it picks a movie for me so this is not a movie i had ever heard of it's not a movie i maybe would have ever even heard of so i feel very lucky and blessed that we stumbled across it the way we did i know that it's i'm, I'm have a feeling it has kind of a small cult following that has slowly been building and building over the last couple of years is that accurate yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, but uh, uh, how how did you find it like uh, on 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 what platform did you see it? We watched it on Tubi. Oh, on Tubi. Ah, okay. And then I, I don't know how Tubi works. Like, uh, can you just, I don't know, like uh, randomly select a movie or something like that? No, I have an app that randomly selects movies for me ah. from from Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Tubi, ah, from everything. That's, so That's I, very interesting. Out of every, <laughs> out of the hundreds of thousands of things streaming, we landed on your movie that week. So... But we feel lucky we did because we liked it a lot. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. I was just gonna say that so often, the last few years, last last decade or so, the like we said a couple of times in the in the podcast, the uh, the found footage genre has been so overdone, and it's it's very rarely done well anymore. It's just people are like, oh, it's found footage. Everybody loves that. Let's make that. But yours was so well done. Like I said, I, if if I wasn't watching people die on screen and knowing that that would never get released, I wouldn't have known that this was not a real, like real footage, like that it was fictional. Because your performance, all the other performances, and just the way it's shot are so well done. No, I'm glad you felt this way, and that was my goal actually. You know, because uh, otherwise, my footage doesn't work. You know, if it if it if it if it's obvious that it's just a movie and the acting is obvious and all this stuff, so my goal was to really make it look uh, as real as possible. <laughs> yeah. Well, when it came time to, was the decision to do it as a found footage movie, was that, did you initially think, I want to make a found footage movie and sort of, you know, reclaim that kind of genre? Or was it more of a, well, I have a camera, <laughs> like this is the equipment and budget I have, so it has to be a found footage movie. Was it kind of which chicken or egg which came first 
I would say not that much today, but back then I was a really believer in the in found footage concept. Um, I even wrote a found footage manifesto. Uh, I even built an entire uh, whole theoretical basis for the found footage filmmaking method. And I made some connections with the way, um, with, the, with the acting method that I studied uh, in college. Uh, so we studied this revolutionary um, acting method, uh, uh, which was kind of developed by a by an acting Romanian acting teacher called Ion Kojar, and he had kind of two types of methods. One was for uh, was for for actors, and the other one was for his for directors for his directing. So, in terms of directing, he always sought to make these types of. Uh, of uh, theater shows, he was a theater director. He, these types of shows, these types of plays that wouldn't have any element whatsoever to remind the audience that what they see is an is a show and it's not uh, an actual real uh, life event, you know? So uh, the goal was for the audiences to be like, oh my God, like, is this a play or is this happening for real, you know, on stage, you know? And that, that was his goal. And then on the, on the side of acting, he's, uh, he always said that the, um, uh, what happens, the process that goes with, that, that, an actor, that an actor goes through must be fully real and authentic and uh, he must be, genuinely transformed at the end of a performance, you know, and uh, the process shouldn't be anticipated in any shape or form because that's how real life happens. We never know what will happen one minute from now, in 10 minutes from now, in half an hour. So everything that happens kind of uh, hits us uh, and transforms us in one way or another. So he, uh, and then studying and being, and having this huge passion for his method, uh, at some point, I remembered uh, the Blair Witch Project, which I saw years years ago as a teenager before studying this in college. And I was like, oh my God, like what this guy did in Romania in theater, these guys already did in, in the US with the Blair Witch Project, you know, like trying to make a film that have no has no elements whatsoever to remind audiences that it's just a film, you know. And also the way he, he worked, they worked... Uh, is also the way they work with the actors in the Blair Witch Project, like um, uh, with, with a lot of improv, a lot of uh, a lot of controlled improvisation, you know. So uh, yeah, so I, I wrote that found footage manifesto. So I had that strong theoretical basis for found footage. So uh, I can't say that I did it the way most people I would assume probably, or maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, the way maybe most people would uh, do found footage just because it's cheap, it's easy to do. On the contrary, I think, mm, at least at least in my mind back then, it is the hardest thing to do, you know, because uh, you cannot have any moment of fakeness. For example, when you do a traditional film, a traditionally shot film, you can, if, if the acting is felt from one of the actor or whatever, uh, there's no problem, you know, you have people getting the Oscar and uh, you still can sometimes can feel that they are, they act that it's not real, you know, in, in fun footage you cannot have, you don't have that luxury. You need to do, you need to tell your story while at the same time it has to look as if it's, it's happening for the first time and it's, you can't, so that's extremely hard to achieve. That's like, it required months and months of 
psychological work in emails with the with the actresses. We we kept in touch via email before before we met and made the film. So um, uh, at least back then, yeah, I was a huge believer in the found footage concept, and I really I was a huge believer in the found footage potential and. Um, uh, maybe even today, but to a lesser extent. To a, to a lesser extent, maybe uh, today. Yeah. So that's my <laughs> and that's my story with found footage. Well, you definitely made the the most of it. And speaking of the Blair Witch Project, when that when that came out, they kind of held the actors back from doing stuff for a little while to kind of let people's imagination run wild and go, Ooh, oh my God, is it real? I've never seen these people. Did you feel any need to like put the actresses front and center out when you were doing like? Look, they're okay. They're fine. See, they're fine. You know, <laughs> uh, they uh, some there. Um, there have been there have been questions, and uh, for example, while I was shooting the film, uh, the one of the executive producers uh, watched some of the footage that I I was shooting. The uh, uh, spoiler alert for whoever is listening and doesn't want things spoiled. No, you know, before. Go. The, the 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 chloroform scene, you know, he he watched that moment and then he contacted the actress like separately without me knowing, <laughs> asking if she's okay. Like he was afraid, like oh my god, what if I chloroform the actress for real? And uh, yeah, so so it it these, these things did happen. Yeah, I, I didn't. That was was actual water in that bottle. <laughs> Well, the chloroform yeah. scene is very much the turning point where we as the audience up to that point, we're kind of like, OK, he's this goofy guy and maybe he's, you know, it's all going to turn out OK in the end. That's the moment you're like, oh, shit, this just got real. Like this is taking this to a whole other whole other <laughs> level we weren't expecting. So that's the turning point, And it's such a it's so well done. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that scene is for a lot of people. One of the one of the one of their favorites. Yeah, the the core forms yeah. because yeah for example I, I also believe that the scene with uh, with glory um the torture scene in the basement i think her acting is like oh my god i think it's so powerful but why i believe it cannot be as believable as the chloroform one no because not because it's done bad or anything like that i don't think because of that i think because people know like he couldn't have killed the actress for real. I mean, sure. there must be <laughs> some make-believe. But in the chloroform scene, I think some people think the actress was. <laughs> well, that's that's a question I had for you. Um, in preparing for shooting the scenes, like, did you did you have a lot of of conversation with the with the actresses, like? this is what's going to happen and like to make them feel safe and secure or did you just kind of ad lib and because i i know i me personally if i were the actress in that scene i would want a lot of reassurance Okay, well, uh, we had a lot of discussions, as I, as I already said, actually on months of preparation in advance, and we had, uh, we had lots of uh, uh, points to follow and uh, a rule. We had this language switch rule, and which said that whenever we speak English means that we are in character. Whenever we speak Romanian or switch Romanian means we are out of character being back being ourselves so this way 
we could easily differentiate between uh, me giving instructions to them, the actresses, and me as the psycho director giving instructions <laughs> to the actresses played by the actresses, you know? <laughs> yeah, this, this language switch helped us uh, a lot, but we never had to use it. Like, we never had a moment when things, let's say, go too far and then one of us has to switch to Romanian, you know? But just yeah. having it there, just having it there, I think gave people a lot of uh, uh, psychological security, you know? Because at some point, for example, the moment when she calls the police, that's real. She called the police for real. And some people, even to this day, the internet, because I wrote some trivia on IMDb about that scene. And I did not realize that the way I wrote it was not very clear. And uh, by the time I, I corrected it, it was already copied in tons of other places on the internet. And to this day, people are saying that Sonia called the police for on me, you know, because she felt threatened by me. Actually, <laughs> she called the police for real, but she called it in character. And why I knew that she doesn't feel genuinely, personally threatened is because she continued speaking English, you know, because we had that language. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that language the trick she didn't switch to Romanian so this language thing helped helped me a lot and I'm actually quite uh, quite proud of coming up with it it's <laughs> really yeah that's really clever <laughs> yeah it's a very yeah, yeah. simple and elegant solution to keep everyone's head straight in what is a very meta situation you know yeah. to keep all the different layers of sort of meta textual stuff that's going on to keep that straight that's that's very cool that, that would be a kind of a equivalent of a, uh, of a of a safe word, you know, in all types of uh, of, of games, you know, kind of <laughs> our language. Yeah, there's little moments in there that add to the authenticity of what's that makes it feel real, like the the fire coming out of the chimney. How did you? I can't imagine how you would fake that. Did you just happen to come across a house that was literally on fire in the background? Yeah, we were like we were improvising. We, we didn't even. It's not like we searched for a house that was on fire. We were shooting our moments, and that thing just happened. Just happened. Like, what was the chance of that thing happening on on that street? Because that's a peaceful community. Rarely big events happen. You know, super rarely. You know, so probably a fire like this happens once a year or something like that. So it happened while we were recording. And I had the inspiration to connect it, you know, because exactly it happened uh, while we were having an intense conflictual scene, you know, and it's like we were burning there and boiling with our emotions and all of a sudden the fire, <laughs> the, the house catches fire. <laughs> so that's why you see that improvisation. You see like, oh, like the actor's energy boom, explodes everywhere. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, but thankfully, I don't think anything happened to those neighbors because it was just just the chimney catching fire, and I think they put it uh, they put it off easily. Yeah. Well, what a lucky catch because it adds just that moment because as you're watching it, you're like, well, they that doesn't look fake. They couldn't have faked that. So it just yeah. gives this this real sense. It grounds it in a like, God, is this real? Like, do I need to be worried <laughs> for these people? I mean, obviously, Tubi's not going to have a snuff film on it, so you know in the back of your head you're watching a movie movie and not, you know, but there's still that little voice that's like, God, this, especially because of the performances are so good. It just, it all feels so real and it takes, your brain has to work overtime to separate. And that's I think, uh, to your I think credit. That's 
I think that, thank you. I think that's the magic of found footage and uh, uh, and film in general, because uh, you you know it's not real, you know, because you are watching it, as you said, on Tubi, or you are watching it in theater. But because of the way the film works, and the acting and everything, it makes you forget that it's not real, you know. I think that's the, that's the magic. I'm not a... I'm not, uh, for example, I'm not a fan of uh, of lying to audiences of, of kind of what they did with the Blair Witch Project. Although I'm grateful for what they did because if they didn't do that, probably the movie wouldn't have gone so much. You know, <laughs> them saying that it's an actual uh, it's an actual film and that those people are actually film students and they did, disappeared. All the thing they did with the fake website and all that. I'm not a I'm not a fan of uh, of this method. You know, presenting uh, fiction as reality. To me, I think it's more valuable when you present it as fiction, but because of how well you do it, people will still come to you and they will say, ah, you're, you're, that's bullshit, that's not fiction, that's real. No, man, it's, it's fiction, I, it's a movie. No, you are like a, a psycho, <laughs> I know it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's more fun. <laughs> because the other way around, if you say to people, if you market a found footage film, no, this is the real deal, People will react the opposite way. Like, oh, why do you lie to me? I know, I know this. Uh, this is bullshit. Why? So, so it's better to have these reactions than <laughs> the other. Yeah. I know. There's a. I've seen you answer on Twitter in places before that you you don't know if Anne Hathaway has seen this, but do you do you hope that she does, or do you kind of hope that she never sees this? Well. <laughs> Ah, no, I definitely hope that she, and I definitely hope that she says something about it. That was actually, to be honest, <laughs> one of my initial hopes was like, uh, uh, I can't say that necessarily I had a hope of Anne herself saying something because, yeah, there's, she wouldn't promote a film without having any interest, but Hollywood doesn't work this way anyway. <laughs> but I was hoping that. I don't know, maybe she is being, she will attend a certain event and somebody either in the audience or a reporter or a news anchor, somebody would just ask her a surprise question. Oh, did you know this movie, this movie, blah, 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 made for you and, uh, and you know, uh, at least this, but even this, uh, it never happened. And my, I don't know, like my, uh, um, my guess is that maybe she at least heard about the film. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say she, she watched it. I think because Hollywood people are extremely busy, so uh, they mainly watch only top top movies that go to the Oscars and mentioned in top publications in Variety and stuff like that. Um, there are some Hollywood celebrities that do watch some cult indie indie films, but I'm not so sure Rand Hathaway is one of them. Uh, so yeah, who knows? No sign from her yet, but uh, it's never too late. <laughs> Well, because I figured, and I said this on the episode that we did, I figured there's there's two possible worlds. There's a world in which her assistant or some friend of hers sees this and presents it to her with no context. Like, hey, Anne, yeah. check this out. And she is terrified and never sleeps another night in her life. Or, or if they present <laughs> it to her with the context of like, I don't tell me what you think of this, because this is kind of clever, that she might be a good enough sport to go, yeah, that's interesting. Maybe, maybe she might not even like it, but that she's a good enough sport that she could be like, yeah, that's interesting, I guess. You know? Whether, I mean, yes. she'd probably never comment on it, but I'd like to think, and I said on the episode, I would pay $200 American 
cash money to anyone who can find me <laughs> a video of Anne Hathaway watching Be My Cat and reacting <laughs> to it. Because um, I would, I would either whatever her reaction is, I want to see it. So something good, somebody make it happen. Knowing that she's an actress and she knows things from the industry, I'm sure she's. Uh, in touch with uh, works like this, this, these types of meta works, you know, and stuff like that. So I don't think she, uh, she will be like, uh, I don't know, scared or anything like that. I think she will get it instantly that, oh, this is, this is the concept, you know, like I, I made a film that looks like somebody that is obsessed with her. And I don't think she will think that I am actually obsessed with her, but, uh, but uh, yeah, as you said, I think, uh, possible reactions would be from wow this is really interesting to yeah interesting but i'm not into it (laughs) (laughs) who knows knows? i know the idea probably started with just the the idea of like an obsessed fan and things but i'm just curious what made you uh land on anne hathaway the subject you're probably tired of answering that question uh, I, I can uh, I can still answer for your listeners because I'm sure not everybody. So why did I pick Anne Hathaway? So I, practically, the the movie was um, kind of inspired from a from a character I played in a one man show, and that character had in his psychology some issues with cats. So it had to be somebody that had something to do with cats, and also it had to be a worldwide known celebrity so that everybody would uh, would empathize with the would not empathize would connect would connect with the film would understand what the hell are we talking about there <laughs> and uh, also it had to be um uh, an actress that i genuinely appreciate so that i can transform that appreciation into obsession for my character for my role so just that year in 2012 uh, both Le and the dark knight rises came out and i was super impressed with her performance in Le miserable and my character was super impressed <laughs> with her Catwoman in the dark. So uh, this way we have literally everything came, came together. And I'm like, wow, she is the, she's the one that made it. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. So as far as now that it's out there in the world and it's been a couple of years and maybe you're even tired of talking about it because you're working on new things. But how do you, I don't know how any of this stuff works. Like now that it's, I guess you didn't even know it was on Tubi, so you might not, but once it's on Tubi, do you get paid every time somebody watches it? Do you get a check in the mail for 26 cents or some shit? Or how are you? Like, <laughs> or is are it you... just out there and you're like, it sold to the distributor and that was the end uh, of your uh, yeah, profits? Yeah. Um, uh, so there, there is fortunately and there is unfortunately. Fortunately, yes, I do get paid. And unfortunately, yes, you're right. It is 26 cents. <laughs> 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 it's uh, yeah, not exactly 26 years, but I get I get very very little money, like uh, uh, because uh, both it's also available on free on 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 YouTube and Tubi. So um, um, uh, the distributor gets some money from commercials uh, on Tubi and on YouTube. Yeah. Of course, if uh, I assume if somebody doesn't use a, an ad blocker, if they use an ad blocker, I assume we don't get any money from those commercials. <laughs> So then, and then the distributor shares uh, once in three months shares half of the half of those money with me. But it's uh, it's very little. This uh, I I think uh, these movies that are 
um, commercial-based free on YouTube to be, they really need to have like millions of views and stuff like that to to see some uh, some serious money from from that. Well, I, d I don't have that kind of listenership, so I can't get you that. But for <laughs> <laughs> I can maybe I can get you enough people <laughs> enough people to watch it. You can go and buy a nice sandwich for you and your wife, maybe. I don't know, but <laughs> I'll do what I can. I'll do what I can. We want to, but we want to promote it because I think there's. Like I said, we had never heard of this. I think a lot of my listeners had never heard of it. So if even just spreading the word of like, hey, this is a cool fucking movie you could check out, you know, like that's I feel yeah, like that's I feel like I've done good work then. No, I, that's cool. Definitely. I mean, because I like to talk uh, a lot, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> even too much uh, about uh, about my work. Yeah, thanks. Well, speaking of your work, do you have are you working on anything? What's what's next? What's the next project? Do you have something that you're writing yeah. and working on? Yeah, I'm have I have a, I'm editing my upcoming movie. We put the world to sleep, which is a kind of a it's not a sequel to Be My Cat, but it has some common elements. So, a quarter sequel, <laughs> if you could. Yeah, I like that. It has some 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 common elements with Be My Cat, and also uh, I am. Uh, we also have another project which I constantly. Uh, call it a secret project on social media because we are not uh, allowed to say a word because it's in development it's in the early stages of development and uh, it's being uh, pitched to different types of people and places hopefully this one this one will end up being as big as we hope it to be uh, and then there's another one which just I just came these days with and and actually yeah, I don't think I mentioned about it even publicly. I know I did. I did ask. I so I made a poll, you know, on my Facebook and in the found footage uh, group on Facebook. By the way, there's a wonderful found footage community on Facebook, found footage movie group, and I made a poll there. And I asked people what I had two ideas for a be my cat sequel. So I asked people what would you like, you know, and uh, actually I already had in plan kind of to mix those two ideas. I don't want to talk now about what the ideas were, sure, sure. so that. I so I don't spoil too much of uh, <laughs> what this, but it, essentially it's about, I'm also planning on a, on a direct sequel to Be My Cat, you know, not just half, not just partial, full-blown direct sequel to Be My Cat. Just these days, I'm first ideas came to me. I mean, I had some ideas back in the day, but I never took them seriously. You know, I never felt like, oh, I want to do it. I'm decided this has to move forward. But these days I felt it and yeah, fingers crossed that uh, this goes in the <laughs> in the right in the best direction possible. Yeah, I had been uh, I had been reading on IMDb about uh, like the the little synopsis and everything for We Put the World to Sleep, and I'm actually really excited about that. I can't wait for that to come out. Ah, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. That that was a crazy project. That was a crazy ambitious project. Like it's been going on for years, on and off, and uh, oh, so many obstacles with that project. <laughs> it's going to be a really crazy one. I don't know. I don't know what people's reactions will be. I, I know. I only know what people's reactions will be to one scene, which I know it's it's like crazy. <laughs> but the, the movie overall, I think <laughs> the, the movie overall is something. It's such a. I, I took so many creative risks with this one. So many. <laughs>
uh, yeah, I'm I'm so excited to see what will people's reactions be to this one. So curious, so so curious. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. I can't wait for to see a Be My Cat sequel. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure whatever idea you have is is amazing. But let me pitch you. Let me pitch you something <laughs> if you can afford it. Uh, Be My Cat colon Andre goes Hollywood or Adrian, sorry, and. <laughs> And it's just you wandering around Hollywood looking for Anne Hathaway's house and meeting people as you go. I would watch I would watch four hours of that. <laughs> wow, that's a, uh, that's a good point. Uh, actually, I was kind of thinking of uh, of an ending like that maybe for uh, for be my cat, but uh, because of the budgetary constraints, we couldn't shoot that. But I'm definitely considering that, if not for a sequel, maybe for a third part, or who knows. Like, <laughs> I'm definitely considering something like this. Yeah. Well, speaking of the ending of Be My Cat, it's so sort of ambiguous as to what. I mean, we know from the beginning that the police—it's a crime scene. The police have found this footage and stuff, but it's so ambiguous as to does he let her go? Does he kill her? Actually, you know. But so in in your head, sort of in your heart of hearts, if you had had your druthers and been able to do whatever you wanted would the ending of or maybe you don't want to maybe you don't want to say but would the ending have been that he let her go and just went on his way or or in your well, mind does he kill her too if you don't want to say because the the ending is yeah, wonderfully yeah. ambiguous so if you don't want to say that's yeah. fine but. i would prefer to leave it an open ending but sure. uh but i don't think it is it is uh yes it is open but uh i can still say about what is let's say i would say maybe uh, seventy-five percentage he left her go. Twenty-five percentage he didn't. <laughs> I would incline towards him leaving her go. You know somehow, but I'm not sure. But even I, I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this because I'm trying to to play with your mind. Like to not <laughs> like like. I don't mean that I know. I know what happened, and I'm not telling you. I don't know what happened as well. To be honest, <laughs> because we. Since we didn't go there with the improvisation, uh, I'm not sure actually what were what because he's also an inst unstable guy. Like the, if yeah. he, if he, uh, I think he was honestly intending on letting her go, but if on the way, just something like he becomes a bit too much aware. Like, hey, just a second, what am I doing here? I'm I'm endangering myself. Like, I. Am I stupid or what? You know, if he has a moment of lucidity out of his ah, Anne Hathaway, you know, I'm gonna have kids and all. <laughs> if he has a moment of lucidity, then he he retur he returns and he kills her. So I think it's it's all up in the air, to be honest. It can, but it maybe not. Maybe maybe yes, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fine. I don't. I I kind of don't want to ruin the ambiguous ending as it stands because oh, it's but, so it's so perfect because it has because kind of the last 20 minutes is just their confrontation in the basement and they're back and forth talking about if you know if he's gonna let her go or not and then to have the last thing be him swinging the camera around and saying sheesh like that is so funny first off and then also <laughs> and then just the hard cuts to credits where you're like well okay i guess we'll never know and that's kind of it's kind of genius and i like it a lot 
thank you. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I love the, I, I can say that the ending is my favorite part in the movie because uh, how anticlimactic is, you know, I always <laughs> like to, uh, to break conventions and stuff like that. And in a horror movie, I love the, the idea of me ending what is essentially a horror film with a scene which is essentially kind of, he's full of hope and love and talks about kids, you know, like, like this contrast between, this is a dark horror film, people die and he's, he's talking about love and finding the love of his life and going to that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's hilarious and crazy. And, uh, I love the ending, but, but it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a divisive ending because I usually read on social media I would say maybe 60% of audiences like it, but there's also 40% that they love the movie, they just didn't like the ending. So it's a, it's a divisive one. <laughs> <laughs> well, 40% of people are dumb, first off. At minimum. I wouldn't say so because, uh, yeah, because like I, I, I'm, I'm definitely super happy because... Uh, they really got my film. They got what I what I tried to do with the film, you know. And just because they didn't like, uh, they didn't get the. It's like they didn't get. They didn't <laughs> like the ending because all references here, yeah. Because there's nothing to get, you know. I'm not a. Um, I maybe maybe back in the days I used to be more more. How should I say? Like I maybe I used to think that oh this is a great film. How come you don't see that, you know? Or this is a bad film. How come you don't see that now? I realized that art is so subjective, extremely subjective, subjective. So a film that can be considered by lots of people a masterpiece can be considered by so many a, a piece of shit and, and vice versa, you know? And in my opinion, all of them are, are right actually because art is extremely subjective. It's not, it's not physics, you know? It's not law of gravity. It's not, it, it, and even that one is subjective. I, I mean, you know, <laughs> Newton said one thing, Einstein then said and said, ah, you know what? It doesn't always apply <laughs> like that. So, so, but art is like through the roof subjective. So that's why uh, I, I, I think that everybody is right when they say a movie is shit, even including my own movie. So that's why, for example, when I read comments, I never get upset when people say like, oh, it was so bad, I didn't like it. Ah, okay. Totally okay. Like, nobody has to like everything. <laughs> I also have lots of films I didn't like. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I, I'm I'm done with questions. I don't know if you have any more, Chris. No, I think uh, I think we've covered everything I really wanted to talk about. Just again, thank you so much for not only being here but for making this film. I I really really enjoyed it. I thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure being here. It was really nice talking to you, and uh, I even got into some uh, places that I, I, I like. I can't see like every time, although, although I'm kind of, because I did uh, a number of podcasts and interviews. Like uh, even when the questions repeat, I still somehow find <laughs> new things, you know, that I haven't uh, discovered before <laughs> while answering the questions, you know, because, and I think this also has to do with the way I work, you know, working with so much improvisation there's so much creative freedom therefore there are so many things that happen you know so that's just, it's a never-ending bag of goodies for people that have questions for me i can never finish <clears throat> covering all the covering everything <laughs> yeah 
All right. Well, thank you, Adrian. A, a very fun and interesting guy, fun and interesting filmmaker. Everyone go watch Be My Cat if you haven't already. Uh, get this man his 26 cents. <laughs> because, and, um, and we very much look forward to uh, all the stuff you have coming up next. And uh, Thank you so much. That'll do it. Bye, everybody. Yeah. Bye-bye.